Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I, Allison, where do you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am delighted to bring in my guest. Now, normally at the top, I would say I'm delighted to bring in my guest, but first I need to chat with my producer, the bad boy of podcasting, Tony Thaxton. However, he is out right now on tour playing drums like the rock star that he is in Motion City Soundtrack. So I don't have him here to chat with. So I was wondering, my guest, who I have not even officially introduced, June Diane Raphael, would you like to be Tony? I, I mean, I've been waiting to be asked. I thought, I thought that you might, this might be like the role of a lifetime. I mean, nothing's ever felt so right. Now, for you to jump in and be Tony, do you want to go with your gut? Do you want to ask me any questions about what he's like? What what would what feels yeah, best to you? Yeah, maybe just give me like you know, like a casting breakdown. Okay, you know, just yeah, like the high level. Okay, so and then I'll just I'll make some choices. He okay, good. Oh, I'm trying to remember like how it, how it goes on a casting breakdown. Um, so he's like, <clears throat> I would say he's like subtly handsome. And it, <laughs> I've taken this in a weird direction suddenly. <laughs> and so like, it kind of like, like you don't mo- know it right away. But yes. The more you sit with it, the more it reveals itself. Exactly. I love that. He is, he's actually early forties, but that's shocking. He feels like late. Doesn't he present. feels like mid to late thirties. Um, he's, he's got a dry sense of humor and he can be silly. Okay. He's from Virginia. A southern accent or no i okay. don't i'm not sh- i'm not sure you know the way that the virginia manifests itself is what what something came up lately where he's like oh i didn't even know that existed just like a wholesome a wholesome innocence gotcha okay, okay great all right um so i'm super excited to bring in my guest in a moment but first i just need to catch up with my producer, the bad boy of podcasting, Tony Thaxton, to see what he's been up to. Hey, Tony, how's it going? Hey, Allison. God, um, you know, it's a beautiful day and I'm happy to be here. Happy to be talking to you. I love that. Now, you have been doing these short little tours and I yeah. know that like to get in shape after a year of sitting around, you were you were going on hikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. How's your stamina? Uh, well, I love the outdoors. You know, I just love being with nature and, uh, you know, the good people of the world. And it's hard. It's hard when you're traveling. Your digestive system, I'm sure you know, gets really wrecked. Yeah. And just the, you know, you're not eating that well. 
Um, so it has been harder, but I'm trying to do something every day. And, you know, I keep my little, uh, my little, I watch on. So I know how many steps I'm taking. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm always, uh, I'm always watching my steps and I'm always watching my points. (laughs) Remind now, remind me which (laughs) Weight Watchers color plan you're on, Tony, when you're counting your points. (laughs) Well, before I started on the road, I was on like a 3,000, you know, a day calorie count. But now I've gone down to about 1,100, which is hard. Wow. And it's really hard when you blow all your points by like 11 a.m. Yeah. You know, oh, because my God, then, yes. then it's just like you're you're in a day. The rest of the day, you have no points to spare. And you got to play drums. And it's hard. And really you don't have hard. any points to really, you yeah. know perform. Tony, could I recommend a handful of almonds in your pocket? You'd be surprised how many points those are. (laughs) I probably would be. (laughs) So, Tony, as you know, um, I have been cataloging for the listeners. And it's really amazing that they continue to listen, given that I force people to hear this. Uh, My various battles with various insects around the house. I had a little millipede problem in the bathroom. Um, I, you know, I I solved the term years ago. I solved the termite problem myself, which is something that I really pat myself on the back on all the time. Um, I could have been an exterminator, except that that sounds like miserable work. But anyway, get this, Tony. There is a smell in our house now. At first, I worried it was like a plumbing problem. But then pretty quickly, we're like, no, something died we think there's something like a dead something or other in the attic or under the house. Uh, and we had someone come out and they searched for it and they're not finding anything. But the smell, it's not overpowering. It kind of comes and goes. I don't, it what should I do, Tony? Goes. It comes and goes. That's haunting. It, isn't um, it? I, well, actually, as I said that, I'm like, any, is there anything... Anyway, it's a ghost. Oh, my God. With gas. Like, I don't know. Maybe we need to look at a different specialist because maybe it's not alive at all. Maybe it's a ghost. I didn't even think of that. So who would I bring in? Like a medium that specializes in in paranormal IBS? I think so. I think so. You know, because I have heard actually that ghosts have can have a stench. Interesting. And is it that sort of like salty, acrid death stench <laughs> that I seem to well, be something smelling? Something terrible has happened. Something. You know, I think that's what that's that's the one thing I can say. Something awful has happened in your home. I need an exorcist. You might. You might. That's very upsetting. And I, you know what? I'm remembering. I had a similar experience of a stench coming and going, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh. Uh oh. So I felt pathos in your O, Tony. Because I remembered. So, so Allison, there were cats oh, that no. had a litter in. Yeah. <gasps> oh, this in, is very sad. It's very sad. In a rental house I was in once, and the they got stuck in like the pipes. Oh no! I know. I know. This is very sad. And what? Well, but what I was actually smelling was cat urine. Hmm. And it would kind of similarly come and go, which is why for days it would be gone and I would think it's over and then it would come back. And what did you, what, what did it, what did it smell like for people who are having breakfast? What did it smell like? (laughs) (laughs) 
It smelled like a type of urine, but but one that I had never smelled before. Ooh, novel urine. (laughs) A new type of urine. I, similarly, this whole adventure started... Uh, this whole adventure being my uh, my journey with exterminators and organic matter in our house and whatnot. We had a family of <laughs> raccoons under the house, and we had to evict them. You get a ra- it's a raccoon eviction, uh, and what they do is they spray male raccoon pheromones I've under the this. house because the male will just know that someone else has come in and then take his the the crew. the. It's actually the mama raccoon, I think, because oh. um, she'll smell that and she'll think it's dangerous. It's very dark. It's dangerous or something. I don't know. But anyway, it worked. But that you have not lived. You might think you have. You, maybe you rode horses. Maybe you went to a Western themed summer camp like I do. So you've smelled things in this family. But that is a whole new level once you've smelled male raccoon pheromone pellets. Um, what was like? Hormones oh, yeah. are a hell of a thing. I know what I was going to say. And then we have to bring in the guest. I can't believe I've kept her waiting this whole time. Yeah. Um, So we have a dog. And when she needs to go outside, she she scratches at the like taps the door. And my son said that he thought he heard her scratching. Oh, but oh, she's not in this room. So that makes me think, what if it is like a cat? There is an animal somewhere situation because he or this ghost because he heard something i haven't heard it but he heard it i have to move i don't see another you know i i, I don't see another solution you've got to leave your home I have they to live there now whoever they are that's right with their smell and they own it yeah. you know so right. you gotta go all right let's bring in our guest this is someone that i have been wanting to talk to for so long i'm so excited she's here she is an actor a podcast host a writer you know her from how did this get made you know her from her new podcast the deep dive you know her from grace and frankie and like a million other things please put your hands together and welcome to the show june diane raphael hello hi I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for that to you and Tony for that wonderful introduction. Yeah, I hope that wasn't uh, too gross for you. No, I loved it. Okay. I loved it. I, I, I'm like, I'm so, yeah, I'm so um, upset by insects of all kinds. And um, I also had a, ra- we had a raccoon issue because our dog food was in a giant container, but it had one of those tops where... I know this is not a visual medium and I'm doing the gesture, but it's one of those tops where you have to like really turn the top. To oh, it yeah. Off. And it's supposed to be raccoon proof, really. Well, I'll tell you what, Allison, when one night my husband heard the raccoons outside because this container is directly outside the side of our kitchen and these motherfuckers were on top of it with their paws turning it oh wow okay and then he starts flashing a flashlight at them banging (laughs) on the door they're not moving they get the top off oh wow and then he runs to get like one of our son's lightsabers to go out with it (laughs) i love that his his weapon of choice is light yeah it was yes and then so so he runs out he runs out with his lightsaber and the raccoons are have run down this the, the little steps but one of them turns to him and hisses at him. Oh, no. 
Yeah. And I've never seen, like, I always thought raccoons are pretty mild mannered. Mm-hmm. You know, like that they they're seem not like aggressive be, creatures. Right, docile, yeah. Docile, yeah. But they're not when their babies are trapped in the dog container. Oh my God. Why did so they put two, their babies in there? They, they had, I think they had fallen in to eat. Oh. And so Paul realized that and then just like kicked the container over and ran inside. Um, <laughs> so tough. <laughs> yeah, but they're, you know, it's terrifying. And um, I love all animals. I love all creatures. But, you know, honestly, from a distance, from a Same. healthy distance. I yeah. like to enjoy the outdoors from indoors. Just looking at it through <laughs> a window. You're a real indoor person. I re- and it's become, <laughs> I love it's the great gotten, indoors. The older I've gotten, the worse it has become to the point, And everyone knows about this because I can't shut up about it. Uh, I have I have two boys in my younger one is just starting they're both in preschool my younger one is just starting preschool and the preschool we go to does this two-week separation thing where you attend with them for two weeks until like they're ready for you to to leave and you're ready and all that but it's been three hours every day in the sun and it it is it's come to an end but it's killing me that's too much i can't do it i'm i'm like allergies I mean, allergies, I have skin concerns. It. Yeah, I can't be out. This is our moneymaker. I mean, like, we can't be out in the sun like that. That's exactly. just not a wise investment of our time. Yeah, I mean, me too. I, I, I'm really upset, actually, because I, for a long time, I suffered with allergies in New York forever. And then I moved to L.A. And I truly was like, oh, the experience I had my first month in L.A., I almost cried because I could not believe what it was like to live without allergies. Oh, wow. I was like, this is, po- I can breathe every day. I'm not running around with like multiple packs of tissues. My eyes aren't tearing the moment I walk outside. Mm-hmm. I just could not believe this existence was possible. And then just last year, they came back. That was a good, because you moved out here a, a while ago, run. though. Yeah. It was a great run. Yes, in 2005. But and someone told me like they might come back, and I was like, oh no no no, that's not for me. Like I don't live that life anymore. <laughs> but they have. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's upsetting. So I wake up, take a Claritin, and start my day. I was going to ask what your allergy med of choice is. I'm a Zyrtec. Zyrtec now. Uh, you know what? I'm actually. I think I actually took a Zyrtec this morning. I am allergy medicine. You know, agnostic. Like I'll oh, I'll really? take any one of them. Yeah. Whatever's lying around, but I have to take something right away. Even like a chlortrimeton or a Benadryl that might make you drowsy. Oh no, all non-drowsy. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. I um really. You call your podcast the deep dive, but this is the deep dive on <laughs> allergy meds. I find Claritin doesn't really work for me. I don't know why. Huh. In the same way, and this is I've never talked about this on the show. Imodium for not that I ever use the turlet, but if I were to Imodium, <laughs> like I'm immune to it. I don't know why. Interesting. Really weird. Maybe the, well, I, I don't I've know. developed a totally unhealthy immunity to like um, mitol and anything oh. that's for period cramps. So I will like at the first sign, and I mean first hint of a cramp, I'm taking like four Advil. Yes. Yes. You know, it's that real. It's that real for me. There is, I'm going to give you a hot tip. You might already know it. There is um, a medication called Duexis, which is never heard of it. 800 milligrams of ibuprofen plus an antacid, and it's time release. It's prescription, but it's for hardcore cramps, and it's it's pretty good. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm very excited to hear about this. Duexis. D-U-E. And you get that from a OBGYN? Yes. That's who prescribes mine. Yeah. Great. Um, so I read, uh, an article in the Atlantic, which was about your friendship with Jessica St. Clair, your deep dive co-host. Really, really great article. Um, but you were, Jessica was saying that she kind of goes to each of her friends for something special Mm. and different. And, and to you, uh, she goes to you to find her inner shit kicker. Um, and like, you know how to advocate for things and all of that. And I really, I was like, I was very taken with that because I am someone who's trying to learn how to be more assertive, but it doesn't come Mm. naturally to me. Mm -hmm. Does it come naturally to you? Or is that something you've had to learn? I think it's, I think it probably has comes more naturally to me than most, Mm -hmm. but it is also something that I've worked on and have learned. So I like have several techniques I use, especially when it comes to like difficult conversations or asking for things that I feel like I need, which is to, you know, ask for something or express my needs and then get quiet. Interesting. What does that do? Well, I think for specifically for a lot of women, you know, whether we're negotiating our salaries or, or advocating for more time on set or whatever it is, you know, I think there's an instinct to make it okay for the other person or to um, qualify and put a lot of sort of qualifiers around the ass. Totally. To the point where if it's me, I undermine it by being like, if it's okay with you, I mean, you know what? Never mind. Right. And um, so something, and I, I, I wrote a book with a woman who we wrote a book about women running for office and the how to guide And then My co-author really taught me this because she works with a lot of women on negotiating their salaries. And she said, and she's also worked with a lot of like political candidates on raising money. And one thing she really recommended is like, let's say I was about to ask you for money or campaign check or whatever it is, or, you know, a job, whatever it is that I would ask and then pick up, like pick up my pen and, you know, look at it and, but not say anything, mm-hmm. like just be able to really sit in the ask and not, um, bail on it, you know, not bail on the importance of it and, and, and be ready to also accept a no. Like, that's the other thing is like, I, you know, just, you ask for things and people say no, and then you have to like live with that. But you also, yeah, I just don't, I just think that we, we women have a much harder time doing it because because of so many reasons but um that i've i've honed my and i don't know i think there's a lot of reasons why i feel more comfortable in this eight, i mean i'm 41 years old like just in uncomfortable moments and not feeling like i have to make everything okay for everybody i think some of that comes with age but mm-hmm. yeah it's something i've definitely worked on but i'm also I mean, I've got a lot of Scorpio on my side. I think there's are there are other reasons, astrological reasons, and that I'm probably have been predisposed to being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and things I think have happened in my life where I'm like, oh, I think I have a better sense of what the real scary stuff is in life, and it's not asking for more money. Mm-hmm. It's just not, you know. 
So I, I'm able to kind of contextualize my fears, I think, in a better way. For me, I do start to worry about how it, and this is I, I would like to be free of this. Sure. And I would like you to teach me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll free. I'll free. Um, my thing is, I think about what my ask is. And then I think, but how is how is that going to be taken by that person? What if they have negative feelings? What if they feel mm-hmm. pressured? What if they this? What if they that? What if that just somehow what if that makes I mean, this is like crazy. But what if that makes them feel like they want to they want retribution or like they get mad at me mm-hmm. or and that's where I start circling yeah. and, and cycling. Yeah. Do you not have that? I mean, listen, what's interesting about this conversation, I was actually just asked for something recently that I was like, oh, that person should not have done that. And in fact, they they completely overstepped. And I am upset because it was an inappropriate ask and Mm. it hurt me and it it like actually will change the course of our relationship. So I do think that that can happen and that's possible, but I also feel like I have to trust myself and my own um, intuitions in terms of just the world, you mm-hmm. know, and I do feel like I've I got a pretty decent sense of social interactions and um, and like what what is reasonable right you know i guess that's the thing if if i was walking around the world like burning bridges left and right and can, could, would look at my past and see like oh i've i've destroyed so many things i care about <laughs> then i might say like yeah let's rethink this like maybe what you're doing is not working but right i have a feeling Allison, for you and i i think it's true for me i have a I have wonderful relationships in the world and I think people enjoy working with me. And so I can trust that, you know, I think that if I ask for something that it's, it's within reason, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, so, um, and then, and then I, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I also think that if you make an ask and someone's like, ooh, it's not comfortable or, or you shouldn't have asked for that because of A, B, and C, then if that were to happen, then I think I would say like, okay, you know, um, and be able to approach that next moment. Mm-hmm. The other thing too is like <sighs> – I don't know. I just feel like when those voices come up, because I'm not going to say I don't have them. I'm like, oh, does that director hate me now? Do I? Do they think I'm bad? Do, am I a bitch? Like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. You know, I'm, I have that all the time. But what I try to do is kind of think like, oh, is that really what I'm thinking? Or is that what I have been, mm-hmm. I have internalized because yes. misogyny is so pervasive that I cannot see it. Mm-hmm. That none of us can because we have been conditioned to, you know, to be caretakers and to not um, advocate really strongly for ourselves. Yeah. So it is interesting watching my husband navigate all these kinds of things. And, you know, I appreciate running stuff by him because it's so much less cloudy for him. Mm. It's just very like, 
it's very cut and dry and straightforward. Lovely. Yeah. And like this refreshing. is refreshing. Yeah. This is that person's responsibility. This is yours, you know, and sometimes he's confused why I feel paralyzed. Yeah. Oh, to, yeah. I know. Oh, oh, yes. oh, to, oh for oh, it to, to be, be that, that simple. Um, I wanted to ask yes. you on, on the most recent deep dive, you mentioned that you were a full grown woman in fourth grade uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that you always, your experience was always wanting to be smaller. Mm-hmm. Can you talk yes. about that a little bit? Well, I'm five, nine and I was my full height, I believe by, by sixth grade. So I don't know how old I was at 11, whatever that is. I was my full height by 11. Mm-hmm. And so I, that was hard. I was towering yeah. over the teachers, I was towering over the boys. I loved boys. I wanted to be pretty and cute and I wanted them to like me. And I felt giant, you know, I felt so big mm-hmm. and it was very hard to be big Um, and I felt uncomfortable in my body. And so, yeah, it, it, and I had people, you know, when I played basketball and I played sports, a lot of coaches who were excited to see how, just how big I was, you know, and like, they would like parade me around the field to intimidate the other team. (laughs) Like a, a zoo animal, you know, but I, I was like, I, I don't want to be this, mm-hmm. you know, I want to hide away. I want to be dainty. And I had a friend who was my best friend who was like small and blonde and like adorable little tiny features. And I felt like a giant. Mm-hmm. And there are still times I find where I that feeling will come back up where I feel like I'm too much, mm. you know, like I'm either too, I'm just too much for someone. And I gravit- I find myself really gravitating toward women in my life who are too much, you know? I mean, I think St. Clair is such a wonderful example of like someone who's just she's such a wonderful person and she's you know she's like living out loud and and is is a brilliant performer but also just like a wonderfully loud and crazy personality and i i just gravitate toward women and i think my mom was the same but i who who feel big now mm-hmm. so but it was definitely taking me a really long time actually it wasn't until i went to acting school where i had this teacher at nyu say to me stella adler studio of acting that i she told me i was like hunching over and she pulled my shoulders back it was in some like movement class or body work class and she pulled my shoulders back and she said do not Try to make yourself smaller and do not be embarrassed about your breasts. Oh, wow. And she had me like walk around the room in front of everyone. And it was so, it was like horrifying. I wanted Mm -hmm. to throw up. But I knew that I was physically like trying to be smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think that it's, it is, you know, the the bigger picture, which I now realize is like, it, it was hard for me to take up space. I didn't want to. Um, and 
you know, I've, I've had to like re now I love being tall. I mean, at my wedding, I wore like six inch heels. I was <laughs> towering over my husband. He was like, really? And I was like, I'm sorry. I have to, like, I love wearing heels. <laughs> so, you know, in all of our pictures, I'm literally, it looks like he's my child, <laughs> you know, but I, now I absolutely love it, but it was a very hard thing. And I also like, I relate to tall women because I know, and I know when, I don't know, maybe this is my own judgment, but I feel like when women aren't tall, they're always like, oh my God, you're so tall. It must be so wonderful to be tall. And they seem like they want to be tall. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, do you really want to be tall? Because I was this tall at 11. And it's also what comes with that is also grown men treating you like you're a woman when Mm -hmm. you're a child and walking down the street and like having to sort of uh, you know, understand why grown men are whistling at you. Like it comes, there's a lot that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but now I really do. I really do love it. I love having height. How tall are you, Allison? I'm five, six. Okay. Well, that's tall. Yeah. It's, but yeah, I feel <laughs> like it's kind of medium. I feel medium. You feel medium. Do you wear heels? I find them uncomfortable, but I wear yeah, boots. Sure. Well, I wear are. boots. Um, okay, that's have a, heels. You just so, showed me a nice yeah. size boot. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I do. Um, yeah. But I was an overweight kid, so mm-hmm. I always wanted to hide, and I always wanted to be smaller. So I yeah. totally get that. And I also always wanted to be like the little blonde, you know, perky, cute kid. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I always... I, not maybe not perky, but I mean, I always, I always wanted to be something other than I was. So I totally get that. And yes. you mentioned wanting to be like cute and little or cute and pretty and you're beautiful. But at oh, what God. point did you start realizing you were if, or feeling kind of feeling like you were attractive? Oh, gosh. I mean, listen, I don't want to paint a picture that's not accurate. Like, I did have I did have a healthy sense. I did have a healthy self-esteem. And in fact, I was also weight-wise bigger. But I didn't it's actually like kind of breaks my heart because I didn't think anything was wrong with that. Like I knew girls were smaller than me. Weight wise. And mm-hmm. I knew girls were, some girls were bigger. I didn't attach much meaning to that. At what part of that breaks your heart? Because that's so beautiful. Yeah, the innocence. Yeah. And that's so special. And it wasn't until I was like, honestly, I think my, I started reading my sister's magazines, like mm-hmm. YM or whatever, Youngness. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, and I started to think I was too f- fat. Um, but I didn't think that for a long time, even though I would say European beauty standards wise, I was bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't experience myself that way. I didn't experience the feeling of that until probably like 12 or 13. And then... And then I did feel, I think I did feel, 
pretty, even though I wasn't necessarily seen that way as like categorically. Um, but I, I really, I've, I, I'm bummed about not being able to talk to my parents about this because I actually don't know why I was able to sort of escape young adolescence with a decent self-esteem intact. Mm -hmm. Um, I just did where, oh, well, you know what I'm realizing? I think a lot of it has to do with the group of friends that I had in middle school and in high school, these are five girls who are actually all coming out to LA next week and we're going to spend a whole weekend oh, together. Nice. I haven't seen most of them in two years because of the pandemic. But I had a group of girlfriends who were – I mean, it's no surprise now that like three three of them are lesbians. Didn't know that then. But there was – now I look back on that I'm like, wow, it was really maybe life-saving because although some of us were – deeply obsessed with boys, we weren't obsessed with appearances. Mm-hmm. We just, I, I, I don't know how we weren't obsessed with all of it. We were obsessed with each other and being, having fun together and being insane and hilarious. And I don't know. I just had a very good group of girlfriends where I've always had a healthy sense of confidence intact. That's great. God, it's like a miss, but it's a little bit of a mystery Mm -hmm. in terms of really feeling like attractive. Um, I don't know that I've ever felt unattractive to be quite honest that's good yeah that's good to be quite honest i think my experience of my body although i absolutely have times i mean i i wish i wasn't so disciplined i wish it wasn't like a site of like discipline you know all the time it is Mm. believe you me (laughs) um you know and a lot of my day is spent like did I do good with food today? Did I do bad with food today? Like all that stuff is very real for mm-hmm. me. At the same time, I, you know what? I'll say it. I think I have a, I also really enjoy being in this body and, and experience a lot of pleasure around it as much as also a site of discipline and like, you know, um, I can be really harsh with it. I mm-hmm. also, at the same time, think I really enjoy it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's good. That's good, right? That's I think good. it's good. I think it's good. Um, you it's seem, a good thing. That's a good thing. You are a, uh, a cherished friend of many people who have come on this podcast. Casey Wilson, Kulak, Aww. Elizabeth Lame, Aww. your husband, Paul Shear. Um how do and it seems like female friendships are very important to you um how do you seems like such a dumb question but i'm going to ask it anyway because i am struggling with this how do you make how how do you make time given that you have a busy career you have kids etc how do you make time for for friendships gosh i mean i wish i had more time for them and i think that 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 it's reasonable. I mean, you have young kids to, to also know like what season of life you're in. Mm -hmm. And like, I do feel like I'm in a season where if I have free time, like it's probably going to be with my children, but I do 
listen, I saw, I grew up in a household where like, I, I saw my mom with her, her girlfriends were so important to her. And so that was just always like that, that was a thing like, oh, you have to have these relations, you invest in them, you know, I would watch my mom getting ready to go out to dinner with her girlfriends. And it was like, a, you know, I loved seeing that. And there's something I think also for women, for mothers, where we can feel really guilty. But I remember the of leaving and not spending dinner and bath time or whatever it is and going out. But I actually remember the experience, even when my kids like complain that I'm leaving. I remember feeling like seeing my mom take care of herself actually made me feel safer. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, that's, seeing her, that's cool. You know, made me feel like, oh, my mom's happy. I was so in tune with her emotionally that I felt like if she's like happy and, you know, surrounded by community and and getting dressed for her girlfriends and putting on makeup for them, then things are really good. So I, I hearken back to that, which is like, I'm actually not taking away time from them. I'm presenting and modeling like a really healthy, regulated person, you know, by spending time with my girlfriends. So I just try to make the time. I've been, it's it's as simple as that. And there, there are some friendships where unfortunately, like I have a lot of wonderful girlfriends and I feel like I've also, I also have to be pretty rigorous about friends who are acquaintances and having dinners and lunches, getting together for lunch. Like I can't do that right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like I have a whole set of girlfriends who are very important to me and those are the dinners and and whatever that I'm going to. Um, So I, I also think sometimes it takes saying no to other things to say like absolutely yes to the things you really want to do. You seem so sane and centered and like you've got your shit why. together you so much. On a good, honestly, I think you found me on a good day. Like I feel like if this was a different day, you know, because I'm a different person according to every day of my menstrual cycle. Oh, and for <laughs> yes, yes, for whatever reason, I feel like really like I'm presenting a very well-rounded person. But believe you me, this fluctuates. Where are you in your cycle currently? <laughs> Such a good question. So I am currently like two weeks away from getting my period. Okay. So, so for me, this is my good week. My, uh, I saw my gynecologist yesterday. I feel, and I like him a lot. He delivered my second baby. I had a really good experience, but I feel like he is trying to, and I can't believe I'm saying this about him because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would try to pressure someone, but he's so enthusiastic about me getting the Marina IUD, which I don't think I want. Not for, I, I did IVF. I think I'm, pretty sure there's no way I could ever get pregnant um, n- my, naturally. It's not for that. It's because I have such heavy periods and such bad cramps. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, this might solve all your problems, blah, blah, blah. And my feeling is just, I don't think I want that. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to, I'm trying to like, re- you know, I'm trying to re- remember that I don't think I want it, but I'm open to learning about it. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Huh. Yeah, I've never had one of those. No, me neither. And I do I do have like a few stories from girlfriends who have had not great experiences with them, but I'm sure there's so many people who have. 
I feel like you could look up anything like any sort of medicine, any sort of anything, and you see yeah. negative stories. But when he said it, I was thinking I've heard lots of negative stories about it as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, I yeah. really, I was like, I, I was told a harrowing tale from my OBGYN because my periods were so, I also have fibroids. Okay. So I really probably should get them out because I think they're the real source of like my painful cramps. Mm -hmm. But I was also told, unfortunately, that as we head into like perimenopause, menopause, that we can expect it to all get a lot worse. Yes. I have found that. disconcerting. I think (laughs) I I am. that too. I have found that too. Yeah. There was a couple months where it was like 40 to 50 days or a couple cycles between cycles. And I was like, I actually thought, oh my God, the thing I like, could I possibly be pregnant? And then I took a test because I figured if I go to the doctor, that's the first thing they're going to do. And I was surprisingly disappointed. Like I thought I was done with two kids and I was disappointed mm. actually when mm-hmm. it, when I wasn't. So that was interesting. But um, so anyway, it they got really spaced out. And then now it, now they're like every three weeks and they're crazy heavy. Oh God. Um, so yeah, that, so that's fun. It's horrible. I mean, I, it's just horrible. I will say the one thing, so I started using a menstrual cup about a year ago, have found, this is just anecdotal evidence that, um, my cramps have lessened and my flow has lessened a bit after using it. And I love it. So I saw a clip of you talking about it. It's the salt cup, right? Yes. That's the one I bought. And I, lasted two to three minutes with it i i felt like i was 13 like feeling like i guess i'm gonna try a tampon even though it's (laughs) (laughs) like i i okay i put it It in a little yeah and then i had this freak out of like oh my god i'm sure i can feel it oh my god there's there's i mean by the way i've had two children vaginally come out yeah yeah (laughs) stuff's happened down there and this little cup which felt it looked like there's no way I'm not going to feel that. And then I talked myself into feeling it. And then I got claustrophobic. I'm like, I got to, or claustrophobic is not quite, it was probably claustrophobic, probably probably not. I'm like, I got to get it out. And then that was, I, but I, I want to go back because so many women swear by them. I just haven't I do swear by them, but I also do think that everybody's like cervix, it's all, I also think it's very much so based on what you have going on and got a tilted uterus long yeah there's things that are i I don't (laughs) know for me i mean i guess i would ask this though when you put a tampon in do you feel it when it's in no you don't feel it at all so okay so the feeling goes away it disappears so i i think there's a world in which you um could could try again and just get the right psychological yeah and then, it because I will, for big. some reason, well, for some reason, I was so nervous about it and I went on their Instagram and they do have like a pretty amazing, again, I'm not, I'm not sponsored them by no, them. They've, this is- they've sent me a few, but I, I, I should be paid. I'm just not, but they, but I, they have a wonderful like tutorials on, on their Instagram stories. And so I was like watching all of them and then I folded it really i think people don't know how much that thing needs to be folded to go in and there's all there's the tulip fold the seven fold the, there's, there's so many different there's folds. The z folds there's so many folds um like you really need to find the one that works for you but i put it in and it like i didn't feel it at all 
Really? So it was so crazy. I'm like, no, this isn't, this can't be real. I don't feel anything. Now I have also had the experience. So that was the first time I put it in. And I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. I cannot believe I'm only finding this now, but, but I've had times where it's been like, um, where it's, it's not inserted properly. So I do also know what that feels like. And you really should take it out and put it back in until you can't feel it, you know, um, because once once it's in and you can't feel it and you can go eight hours, that's amazing. And for me, Allison, I will report, I feel like it's lessened my cramps and flow. That is also amazing. And I don't know what that is. That's one person's story. That's my story. <laughs> but it, it's true for me. It's your journey. It's That's my journey with my menstrual cup. You Just know, and I'm telling it. One more thing. And I know that everyone was like, I would like, I want less about this, but I, I, I need more. <laughs> the thing of putting it in, taking it out putting it in, taking it out till you can get it right. I mean, I'm just thinking like, that sounds like a very messy proposition. So here's what I'm going to say about like the mess, because is there, yeah, there's some doing there, right? Like you don't, what you don't have to worry about is the mess of the actual cup like let's say the cup gets blood on it who, mm-hmm. who cares it's right. going back in anyway to catch yeah. that blood um is it a little bit messier on the toilet whatever yeah while you're figuring that out it will not be forever but then you wash your hands and then you're done that like does- that's the thing that i'm trying to get across is like it is so much more dignified <laughs> I need something really? dignified. It is so much more dignified than like going back and forth with tampons. Yeah. And wrapping them up and throwing them out and that insert all of that to me I'm like, "Oh, I can't go back." There. And when you I don't know how it is for you, but what for me when I pull it out, it goes thwack against the front of the toilet. <laughs> and that's messy. Oh, okay. Are you talking about a tampon? Yeah. Yes, very much so. It's like a pendulum. Right, thwack. that's no absolutely like that's no picnic sometimes if i i mean here we go i (laughs) don't like to pee with a tampon in even though you can i just i I just don't like to um so i pull if i need to pee i'll sit down and pull the tampon out but then in the course of pulling it out that makes my pee like so then that makes a mess. What am I talking about worrying about the mess of the cup? I'm sorry. I feel I'm that saying. I've told you way too much. No, you barely said anything. I'm so here for these details because I do – I really do believe – I'm so happy to be evangelizing <laughs> menstrual cups. It's not the <laughs> road I thought I'd be taking at this juncture of my life, but I really do feel like it. they are – they should be – we should be giving them to girls immediately yeah. when they get their periods. Like, they should just be the standard. Um, and I really do think that we've just become so used to what the experience of a tampon is that it seems more sanitized. Right. It seems better. And the truth of it is, like, the menstrual cup is easier in the end, more sustainable for the planet. There's so many reasons why it's a better – experience but but you do it's i think there's a learning curve like there was for tampons we just don't remember it anymore Mm -hmm. um 
you know, when I found out I was having boys, one of the things that I thought was, oh, I guess I'm not going to help them with their first periods. Mm. Uh, And I actually felt a little bit sad about that, Mm. uh, which is something that I could discuss in therapy. Speaking of, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Look, you guys know I am big, big fan of therapy. It has helped me so much. Um, I have two friends right now who are doing better help. Um, and so right now, starting up with a traditional therapist, can it can be difficult to get in with a tr- traditional therapist because they have these crazy long wait lists. Uh, whereas with BetterHelp, you can... Uh, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It can be more affordable than traditional therapy. Financial aid is available. And if you don't uh, feel like the first therapist you're put with is, is a match, you can change as many times as you want. There's no extra charge. You don't have to feel like you're committing to something. Um, I have two friends right now who are doing BetterHelp and they are they're getting so much out of it. Um, the first one or the one friend, the first therapist they were matched with, they're still with that person that has been, it has been great. The other one liked the first therapist felt like maybe it wasn't the right match. And then, you know, asked to be put with a new therapist, uh, loves the second one. They're both getting so much out of it. Visit betterhelp.com slash best friend. That's better H E L P and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. There's a special offer for Allison Rosen and new best friend listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash best friend. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash best friend. I also want to talk to you guys about the Ring Alarm. I love the Ring Alarm. Protect your home with Ring Alarm. For a special offer, go to ring.com forward slash best friend. It's the perfect way to start your Ring experience. So when we moved into this house, Daniel wanted to get an alarm system. And I did some research and I had qualms about the various ones that I was hearing about uh, or the various ones that I had heard, the, the names that I had heard. Um, there was, you know, pros and cons of each, but I just nothing really sounded right to me. And then I was talking, I've mentioned it before, but I was talking to the guy who straightens my hair, who is like, he is the ultimate consumer. He researches everything. He gets good deals. He knows what are the good products. And I asked him what he uses and he said he had just got the ring alarm. And I was familiar with ring because we had a ring doorbell. We rely on our ring doorbell. I cannot imagine life without without that. Uh, and so I was familiar with the company, but I didn't know that they had an alarm system. And I asked him about it. And I was like, well, how does that work? Do they come out and set it up? That was the part I didn't really want uh, with the other companies. And he's like, no, no, not at all. You just, you buy it and then you set it up yourself. You install it yourself. And that appealed to me so much. So I told Daniel about it. We went out and got one and we love it. It's super easy to install. You don't have to be handy. Uh, Daniel is handy, but you don't, I, but I think I could have set it up and I'm not, I think I could have set it up myself. It's a, a quick installation. Uh, and it just brings you peace of mind. We went on vacation a couple of years ago and felt so confident knowing that we could see what was going on in our house from far away. 
So it just brings you a uh, really good peace of mind. Protect your home anytime from anywhere with Ring Alarm. Go to ring.com slash best friend for a special offer on a Ring Alarm security kit today. You can build the system that's right for your home and have it up and running in minutes. That's ring.com slash best friend. That's ring.com slash best friend. Okay. So, um, we don't have, I know you have a hard out. We don't have that much time. I am trying to figure out what, what we should we talk about. Do. <laughs> I know. So we have some questions from Pete, from listeners that I take on. I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Patreon. Uh, bonus episodes of the friend zone, behind the scenes content, zoom parties, love where you can text me and I will text you back. Um, Thursday show videos, the backstory, which is where I go into a lot of details about the Monday show episodes. So I take questions there. We also have just me or everyone and Hey, go fuck yourself. There's no way we're going to get through all of it. What do you want to do? Hmm. Maybe let's do, is it just me? Okay. Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Great. So, um, oh my God, did I really forget what I was going to talk about after I said that? Oh my God. Oh my God. OMG. Well, I know. Okay, so well, I have one, and maybe I'll think of the other one. And I've talked about it on Deep Dive, but it's still, it's really, um, I'm fascinated by like where people land on this. Okay, and I know, I know, actually, it's not just me, but I also think it's a minority of people who cannot sum up the emotional strength fortitude to unpack their suitcases when they arrive back from a trip yes so are wait which one are you are you an immediate unpacker or are you uh no, leave I'm it not, my friend you're a light ride well i just like just now while i was getting ready i was like oh i have to blow dry my hair and my i was searching around the bathroom i'm like where's my I have that revlon like big big old guy that oh you yeah sort of yeah so Wait, like, the one that Casey St. Ange has told every like the the it's like a a brush and a blower correct. thing. Yes. Yes, it's life-changing. Yeah. It's taking my hair my blowout time from like 15 minutes to like 7. My god, suck it, Dyson. <laughs> okay. I mean, I also I was gifted by my mother-in-law the Dyson, so I do have that, mm-hmm. but I find this to be better, quicker. Now, is it permanently damaging my hair and am I losing my hair because of it? Maybe, you know, so I, I don't know, but it's so quick. So I was like, oh, fuck, where is that? Where is that? And I spent a solid five minutes searching for it. And then I was like, God damn it. It's right now, September 17th. Mm-hmm. I came back from a Labor Day weekend away and I never unpacked it from that bag. And I never unpacked the bag. June, June, I mean, like, June, June. it's the 17th. <laughs> like I... And I see it. I see. And here's the thing. So wait, have you air dried every time since then? You know what, Allison? I don't blow dry my hair. I think that's okay. I I, admire it. Also, like, okay, so I will say one thing about this. I am in the middle of a shooting schedule right now. So my hair is done almost 
every day. And so someone is blow drying it. And then when I'm not working, I'll usually try to make that blowout last. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'll go to great lengths to get as much mileage as I can from that professional blowout. Is this like a dry shampoo situation? Oh, sure. It's a dry shampoo. It's like a silk wrap. It's a silk pillowcase. It's like we're – it's if I'm working out, like a special sweatband. Like we're we're really going to make that last. But I just – so I knew it was in the suitcase and I'm like, this is the thing about the Away suitcase. I have a mini that's pink and it's so cute that it's also now not an eyesore in the closet. Mm. I know it's you almost know I mean? Yeah, it's almost like a an objet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's good looking. Yeah. You no, know, I don't hate when my eyes fall upon right. it. Because I'm like, that's a nice color pink. It's like the palest of pinks. I I know the one you mean. And by the you way, know. Away is a sponsor on my podcast. Oh, perfect. I love the Away suitcases, but it's good and bad, right? Because they do their job to get you to and fro, but I don't really feel compelled to unpack it. No. So and as time goes by, you know, every day that passes, I'm like, is it today that I unpack that? And it never seems to be today. Yes. Um, so I just wonder, I'm fascinated by fascinated by how people travel. I'm fascinated by like good packers and too. how it's done. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like, wow. And is it me or is does anyone else really fucking struggle with getting their toiletries, getting all the stuff? And I've had people say to me, oh, just have a toiletry bag and then that's the bag. And then just you put that back and forth. And I'm like, in theory, yes. But the reality of that, it's like there's different products for different times. I, did I – was it you that posted a photo of all of your skincare stuff yes. when you were on a trip? And you okay. saw how much I had. Yeah. yeah. I mean there's – It's a shocking amount. Could a human afford to duplicate that? I don't think so. Oh, I can't buy two of everything. No. Um, yes. I, I'm also fascinated by this. I'm fascinated by people who roll their clothes – do you do oh that? My it's supposed God. to take up less space. I bought packing blocks. I don't travel very much anymore. Um, there was a period of time when I was on the Adam Carolla show where we were traveling a lot and I had gotten it down to like, if it was just for one night, a carry on, I would wear onto the plane what I was going to wear to the show that is that, did I do that? That sounds insane. What I was going to wear to the show that night. And so it was just like my makeup and my hair stuff in the mm. suitcase and like, you know, something to wear uh, on the plane home the next day. This is too much boring detail. What I'm trying to say is the toiletries and the makeup and st- no, sorry. I packed my clothes. I put on full makeup in the morning. That's what I did. So I didn't have to travel with all my makeup. Wow. Um, did you travel? Well, see, I can't do that. I can't. That's no, not. and I'm not recommending that. I'm just trying to yeah. remember how I had done it. Yeah. I also find that transferring hair products into little containers is very uh, tedious and that's all not of that. It's a whole me. thing. That's that's not a life I'm interested in living. Yeah. I am I don't unpack immediately if I arrive late at night or something. Then I leave my suitcase at the foot of the bed. I do try to unpack sort of quickly, but that's out of, but I'm like a a messy, cluttery person. So that's out of character for me. Uh, Like when we go see, now going anywhere with the kids involves 
a plethora of tote bags and whatnot. And I try to unpack those, but I do tend to leave a tote bag that has like a stuffed animal, three diapers and a, a, a random iPhone that we use for music that, that'll sit on the right. co- the kitchen table for three weeks. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Our, our kitchen Island and sort of the catch all areas are, it's, it's a shocking, like Filene's basement grab bag of things, you know, that <laughs> remain there for a long time. I love a Filene's basement reference. Do they have those out here? I I actually have never seen one in LA. I feel like Ross Dress for Less is is sort of the, you know, but nothing beats Filene's. Also that store, Strawberry. I I don't think I ever went into Strawberry, but I passed a thousand of them. Unfortunately, I had a terrible incident at Strawberry on Union Square. I don't think it's there anymore. It's a very long story, but basically I took a wheatgrass shot in the morning before Casey and I took the train into... We used to live in Brooklyn and we took the train into Manhattan and I'd never had a wheatgrass shot in my life and my stomach exploded. Oh, no. And I had to run into the strawberries. Oh, God. (laughs) It's really quite shocking. (laughs) (laughs) My body like turned on itself and I demanded that Casey get me a garbage bag and a new outfit from Strawberry. (laughs) And it was just really, really terrible. Yeah, I mean, I I, I shit myself on the subway and then oh, ran into strawberries to like because we had a whole day ahead of us and I was so far away from home. Yeah, did she get you a cute outfit from Strawberry? <laughs> I remember it was like it was like tight black pants. You know, that was like during a time in New York where like every girl at night you'd see like eat like in tight black pants like a sequin top like eating a slice of pizza at the end of the night. Like that's the, yes. I feel like that's the outfit I got at yes. strawberries. Oh, that sounds so cute. Um, and that also sounds like that sounds awful, but I'm glad it all worked out courtesy of strawberry. I'm looking at the time and I'm realizing I have to let you go because you oh have to gosh. get to set. This was so delightful. Please come back. Tell I everyone. I would love to come back. I feel like we just got started and the time flew by. I am going to choose to believe that you're being because that's I feel like people always say oh my like, god oh, yeah, no, come it back. really did I feel it like you're really being did Allison and I am gonna believe that you're sincere and I'm gonna hit you up about coming back for real oh I'm sincere on both counts Perfect. um please hit me back and I just want to tell your listeners because we actually the Jane Club which is a, a community platform that I started um about five years ago where we have some incredible classes and um, events and we do meditation every day. We have book clubs, we have cocktail hours, we have programming for children. And it's, it's, it's basically where I've gone after I could no longer handle Facebook and Twitter. It's just a wonderful community. Um, But we are now fully digital. We are doing some in-person events. But I wanted to offer your listeners a special code. (gasps) If they go to janeclub.com, they can type in best friend for 50% off their first month. Our membership Is that five zero? Five zero. Five zero percent off their first month. And our memberships start at um, $40 a month. But we also have a la carte memberships where you can just get a piece of our programming. We do work sprints daily, which are these two hour like focus and flow and accountability sprints for folks who are still working from home and want to not work in just a silo. We um, 
all get together and set an intention and and really get shit done. So if they want to join just as a sprinter, Jane, that is just $25 a month. And if they use code SPRINT, they can get $5 off their first month. So I just wanted to throw those things out there for your wonderful listeners. Thank you so I'm much. Always, I, I feel like I'm always asked on Twitter to do this podcast. Like this is the one <laughs> that oh, I'm like, so I nice. feel like I'm always asked to do. So that's so I'm nice. really glad I got to. And please ask me back. I will. So tell everyone where they can find you. Plug anything you would like to plug. Or is that what you just did? I think that's what I just did. But they can also um, find me on Instagram at Ms. M.S. June Diane. And then Twitter at... God, what? I don't oh, know. No, you're Miss June Diane on Twitter. Oh, that's what I am on Twitter. Yeah. Then I think I on Instagram, I'm also that. Thank you so much. Listeners, uh, follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like what you're hearing, make sure you're subscribed or following in whatever app of choice so you get the episodes automatically. Uh, please leave us a nice comment on Apple Podcasts. It helps so much. Five stars, tell your friends, etc. I'm on Patreon. I already mentioned that. June, thank you so much. It was so nice talking to you. Likewise. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen, here's your new band.